Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Suzanne Buchanan, Senior Principal at Carrot Communications. Suzanne, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's great, and I love what you're doing because, especially during this time, there isn't anything more important I can think of. So good for you, and thank you. Well, thank you so much. So say a few words about your background in marketing and communications and about Carrot Communications. Sure. So I've been super blessed to have a broad range of experience in my background. I started off, well, messaging has always been at the heart of my career. I started off as a copywriter at an advertising firm, just writing all kinds of of commercials and print advertising, you name it. television, radio, I quickly realized that if I'm going to employ my skills, I want to do it for better, greater causes. And I moved to work for employers that I believed in. And so I went from advertising agency to nonprofits, to national associations, After that, I worked in the international development field, expanding my reach overseas. I worked in multicultural communications. And after that, I expanded again and decided, wow, you know, if I if I can reach other cultures, if I can do messaging on a national scale, then I need to be looking at the issues that matter the most. And so I challenged myself to grow a little bit more and came back to the United States after living and working in South Asia and finished my master's in conflict analysis and resolution, a certificate in world religion and diplomacy, and started working on global conflict issues and people-to-people issues. So after a year and a half or two of consulting, kind of freelance consulting in the international development field. I was hired by the United States Department of Justice to work as a mediator, mediating racial tension across the East Coast of the United States, primarily in the Southeast and then the Mid-Atlantic area as well. So that was kind of the breadth of my background and so fortunate to work in dynamic context, diverse Mm -hmm. context with diverse populations on issues that are near and dear to our heart, addressing racism, addressing discrimination and learning how to speak from the heart, Mm -hmm. deliver messages that impact lives. And From there, after I left, that's when Carrot Communications was born, where I continued to work with, you know, anyone from, I've worked with startups, which is so much fun because of that beautiful energy of creating something new and that passion to serve that's in each and every entrepreneur, but also to work with leaders, helping them lead, helping them on their messaging and during this time, I think it's important work. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing all that. And definitely we're at a time when leaders uh, have been, if 
finding themselves in all kinds of interesting situations, taking stands on political issues, which can be very tricky. And as you just described, part of what you do in your organization, and I'm quoting from your website here, uh, is you work with organizations on leadership skills to adeptly navigate sensitive terrain. And there's been plenty of sensitive terrain to navigate recently. There always is, but especially (laughs) recently. So first, what's your take on how adeptly leaders these days at some very prominent organizations have been navigating what what you're calling sensitive terrain. We we've seen many examples of this just in the last few months. So the scale of an organization really influences the pull that's on leadership. You find different forces in play when you have you know stockholders, when you have shareholders, when you have multiple constituents. And so while it sounds like this would add complexity in times like these, where really we're operating almost in a constant crisis response, communications orientation, the truth is, is that the heart of strategy for messaging should never change no matter your size. Because every corporation has values, every corporation, you know, no one went into business to do bad things. There, any company you can think of, they came with a mission and their mission, of course, was to succeed, but it was never to do any bad thing. And so I think intentions matter, but in this era where Corporations feel pressured to deliver on a political statement. I think we've seen a lot of missteps, quite frankly. I think that we're seeing people cater to a dynamic that's unhealthy. And while it's understandable because there's a lot of pressure happening, a lot of social pressure. We're living in an era of cancel culture. We're living in an era where, you know, the social media distortion, and I use that word intentionally, distortion, can be very distracting. And people can really become convinced that that is reality. When any hacker knows, when you pull the plug, all of that dynamic disappears and we're left face-to-face with each other. So at the end of the day, leaders need to remember that while this noise influences and it has powerful influence, social media is powerful, it doesn't change the core of connecting to people, of serving of their corporate mission as well. And I think we've seen a lot of corporations take large risks that making political statements on one side that could alienate an entire huge part of the population that are also customers. And it's become a bit of corporate brinksmanship a little bit where these are big risks. So let's look at a specific example. Okay. I'll leave that up to you. 
what, what comes to mind? I mean, there are so many recently, but what would you say is a good specific example of a company taking a political stand for whatever reason that you feel, well, just what's an example of that and what's your analysis of it? Sure. I think we're seeing a lot come out from the Coca-Cola company. Very, very public statements are coming out, evidence of their internal cultural attempts to address things. And those are leaking out to the public. And it's been detrimental to the company, for sure. While some of the population may feel like, great, they're being responsive. And in that very, very basic Native sense, I agree, responding, acknowledging that there's a dynamic going on in the world is important. How that response is taken is even more important, though. And so, you know, what we're seeing across the the board is steps that may appease one population, but end up alienating another. And in the end, again, that's a very risky, that's, that's a high risk decision to take, but you don't see small and medium sized businesses making those kinds of risks. And that's where we have to really focus because, you know, the larger ones, they understand the opportunity cost. They are in touch with their shareholders. They know their crisis protocol and they've already done those metrics to determine that they can withstand the heat. But most of us can't. Most of the smaller and medium-sized businesses out there and larger ones as well, honestly, most of them, not only can they not stand that heat, it's not authentic. And that gives, that leads us really to the more important part of the conversation is how are leaders really feeling? And has any of the companies presented leadership that are going to step forward and have real conversations? Let's say a company comes to you. They're not Coke. They're not quite so big, but they're getting some let's say internal pressure from employees who say, we demand that you, the leadership, take a stand on, you know, the Georgia voting law or whatever it is, something political, something relatively controversial. What's your advice to that, to that leadership? Well, I would definitely seek outside neutral third party assistance. A consultant like my firm, like another firm, but I think one important thing going in is to present someone with a neutral third party that can set up and help the company establish a listening system. Right now, what's important is that when those leaders have pressure like that, they need to take a climate estimate. They need to really scan how their constituents and employees are constituents. They have to believe in where they work and believe in your mission and you need them. So it's super important for somebody to come in and really 
take a temperature reading, see how people are really feeling, what the sentiment is, where the levels of opposition are, or the people who feel very strongly about issues. And if without this listening, you, you cannot make really well-informed decisions. And this is before you make the external statement. So right away, I would say, you know, do not bend to social pressure before you get your team on board. And so listening internally would be the important first step to take. Conduct those sessions. One of the things that I do is I go in and conduct town halls. And this is old school, old style, but it works. And people, their voices are heard. We come to a group decision about what the major concerns are, how it could be addressed, you know, and really soliciting buy-in from your employees is so important during this time. So from that process, you know, leaders can understand what are the major concerns, why they feel so important to them. Perhaps it's a group of five people that they're very vocal and 95% do not feel the same way. However, you don't want to marginalize those five people who happen to be, you know, maybe non-white. So what are the appropriate steps to come to for that? And while I don't want to take decision-making out of leadership hands, it should be there. Having your employees give buy-in and ideas and listening and then making decisions based on that informed position will strengthen any decision you make. So So I bet it's pretty common, the scenario you just described, where let's say inside a company, you might have a pretty small but very vocal group of people who are demanding, we want to do this. You must take a stand on X. And the vast majority of of other employees just are not speaking up or might feel differently or, or just not part of that very vocal group. So as a leader, as you're suggesting, you certainly want to listen to the vocal group. But let's say that given that the vast majority of employees are not saying this and that you as a leader say, you know, I hear what you're saying. I I understand where you're coming from, but we don't want to take a, a very public stand in this issue because it can blow back on us. What's the best way to communicate that to your vocal employees? And what if they say, no, that's not good enough, you know, and they even go so far as to make accusations, that's racist, or mm-hmm. that's whatever it is, you know, we, we've seen that. How, what, what do you do as, as, a, as a leader? How do you respond right. to that kind of rebellious behavior on the point of your employees? Yeah, if you're not for us, you're against us. Yeah. So I actually respect the companies that have not taken, you know, taken a political position because they understand it is not in their best interest. So kudos to them. But when this does happen, the situation that you presented, there's something that should happen before that step. And that is culture. Your corporate culture trumps everything. 
And it's super important going in that you know what the climate is internally because you've set these values up in your mission, in your vision, you know, that you have a company that is already a welcoming place. And so chances are, as a business leader, this is a good time for every one of us to really take stock at what they've created and the culture inside. What are those policies? What are the norms? What are the grievance policies? You know, so what is that process? How are staff appreciated? How are they promoted? If you do not have a very diverse workforce, what about your corporate social responsibility game? You know, are your employees out there and feeling good about giving back and feeling like your company cares about your greater surroundings? So your culture is your best defense mechanism. It is also your key to thriving and scaling because you will find that when you set yourself up right, when you address these, you know, it's so hard to overlook this because it's not We don't look at that in the profit loss statements, right? But it's important. And you will turn your employees from hourly or salary to fans, to followers, to people who fight for you. And you'll see that in the right companies where they've done this. And when, you know, maybe one employee accuses them of, some type of discrimination or race, the others will step forward with a hundred stories to the counter. So even though that's not the response, that is the prevention. Mm -hmm. So as they say in medicine, prevention is better than cure. Right. These days, especially, at least some companies maybe are being taken a little bit by surprise or just that things are so heightened You have employees feeling emboldened in ways that maybe they hadn't in the past. For example, I think it was at Simon & Schuster, right? They were going to publish Mike Pence's memoir. And maybe they still are, but there was a whole bunch of employees who said no and signed a petition, demanded, we can't publish this memoir and we're very upset about it. You know, it's not the first time that's happened at a publisher, but we're just seeing it more and more. That's right. But, But as I'm hearing you're saying, probably the stronger a company's culture their, their values and how they've built that up, if those are really strong and in place, then you can respond to that in a yeah. way that's consistent. Yes. And the other thing is, if a company has already, you know, through leadership, allowed itself to become politically oriented, don't be surprised then when your employees expect you to take further political stances. Mm -hmm. So perhaps, you know, the CEO of a company is a well-known donor to a certain political party or, you know, so those things become very public and it's very important to be careful while you have every right to express your beliefs and, and your support, how that bleeds into your corporate culture 
is important to be cognizant of. So, especially these days, for sure. Yes. Yes. So, just recently, really interestingly, the CEO of Basecamp, this tech company, declared no more politics here internally. Right? We're not going to have Slack channels devoted to it on your own time if that's what you're into. Good, but this is a workplace, and we're just not going to do that. And it caused a bit of a stir. Right, he got some blowback. It became news. What was your take on that whole situation? My take was good job because ultimately, while free speech matters, and I would never want anything to silence it, sometimes as leaders, we need to help people focus on what brings us together. And a place of employment is a uniting force. It brings us together for a common cause to support it. And I think sometimes business leaders forget that, that they not only represent their company, there are people under them who believe in what they're doing. And anything you can do to protect that, we have to nourish that culture as well. And he saw that it was eating his culture. And he decided to protect it. So I think that was a bold move. I think it was an important move. And leaders should take note a little bit. Now, it doesn't stop the Twitter feed because I happen to follow him on Twitter. And, you know, that's, that's all crazy, but that's okay. That's okay that that's a forum where that can happen to some degree. But I think that it's important to either know how you feel as a leader and the companies that do make strong political statements, they're banking on that target audience. They've made that calculated risk assessment and they've decided that it was worth it for them. So I just want the small and medium-sized companies and even the smaller, large ones to be cognizant of that, that there is that analysis that needs to happen if you're considering making a political stand. So, Suzanne, final thoughts. Based on your long and varied experience, what's something that marketing communication professionals like yourselves can start doing right now today at their companies to help their leaders better handle these kind of sensitive situations? So I highly recommend that all companies really consider crisis response planning, best practices. There are several of them, but it's very important to have somebody in place who can be a spokesperson during critical times It's super important that they stick to their messaging, which should come, should be rooted in their mission, their values. If you don't have corporate values, do the work. Get it down. Because from that, you have an ethical foundation. You have a values-based foundation. And we are, this is not the 80s and 70s. Companies need to have that. They need to know who they are, what they represent, how they want to be seen in the world, how they want others to perceive them. And those values should be the foundation of their growth strategy. So I think once you have that, it makes crisis response easier. 
it makes, you know, decision-making easier because you can simply check and say, is this in alignment with who we are and where we're going? Excellent. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for your time and for a stimulating conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.